Hi, and welcome to the LJPC Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cunningham. This podcast is all about the people who work at and who attend La Jolla Presbyterian Church in La Jolla, California. We live in a beautiful and special community full of amazing people who have lived amazing lives, and I have the pleasure of interviewing some of them on this podcast. Subscribe to the LJPC Conversations podcast so you can hear their stories. Today I have back in the studio Mike Sedgwick. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me in today again. Yes. Good to have you in. Um, So I brought you in today because you have some news that affects our church family and your family that I would like for you to share with our listening audience and the world. Yeah, wonderful. (laughs) Well, we have started to share this with staff and sent out a letter to the congregation, but the big news that is changing in our family for both church and personal Mm -hmm. is that I have received a call to go be a senior pastor at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Escondido. And after a lot of prayer and asking for discernment and wise counsel from good friends who we trust, we accepted. And so that means a big change and transition here for me closing the door on some of the ministry here at La Jolla Press, but also opening a new door and a new chapter of ministry at Westminster Presbyterian Church. Yes, it's a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the big announcement. Yes. But there has been a lot of processing, a lot of Mm -hmm. conversations, a lot of thinking and praying and relying upon the Holy Spirit that formed Mm -hmm. that decision. Yeah. And so it seems easy to be able to just say, well, that's the decision. But this has been months of processing and really at times even agonizing and fretting how what does this decision look like and how does it work Mm -hmm. and is this really god's will which i think is a good question that a lot of people always are asking Mm -hmm. and we really felt as much as we could say that this is god's calling in my life and our life as a family Mm -hmm. that yes this is god's will for us to do this yes you know i would love for you to share a little bit about the call process because so many times people uh, ask paul and i how does this work does the church force you to move? Does the presbytery make this decision? Um, You know, do you just decide out of the blue you want to do this? And I always say, well, it's a call. And so that's kind of confusing to people sometimes. So um, if you would just kind of explain that process and kind of maybe the beginning of it. Yeah. Well, sometimes the word call, I think, is used too often. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those statements you can't argue with. Well, I feel (laughs) called by God to buy some donuts. Well, you better buy those donuts. Right? The light turned green (laughs) to turn into Krispy Kreme. That's obviously the Lord calling me or telling me to go do that. And you can't argue with that language because who's to determine how God calls you? Mm -hmm. So I'll share a little bit about the formal process, but then also Mm -hmm. about how God has always called me Mm -hmm. to different stages and places in my life. So the formal call process of being a Presbyterian is, I think, really well-formed. And process-wise, it would start by somebody looking for a new position as a pastor in a church. Mm -hmm. And the church, of course, would have to have a vacancy and be looking at that same time. There's a pastor nominating committee that gets formed, and they write something up about their church, which would be similar to a job application, but it's called the Ministry Information Form. And the pastor at the same time would have what we would refer to as a resume, Mm -hmm. but it's called the pastor information form. And 
we, they have computers and software that matches those up for check boxes that you check off for different locations of churches throughout the states and also your core competencies. And then eventually what would happen is the church pastor nominating committee would have all of those resumes in front of them and begin praying over them and walking through each candidate. They would find the candidate that they like or maybe the top five, top eight, top ten, and then start doing interviews with those candidates. Those candidates would be weeded down to a couple of candidates who they would bring in and maybe hear preach somewhere. And they would, based off of their preaching and teaching, continue to make that discernment. Eventually, they would offer the candidate a position. And the great thing I like about the Presbyterian call process is that it's not just a pastor or a pastor nominating committee, but it's the entire congregation. So the call process has to be two ways, not just one person thinking this is what God is calling me to, but they also have to be received as well. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately what how it ends up is that the pastor nominating committee will submit their final candidate, and the candidate then has to go to that church and preach. And after preaching, then there is a vote taken. Right. Now, traditionally, <laughs> if it gets to that point, the church is trusting the pastor nominating committee. Yes. However, there are not many other job application processes you go through where you have to go perform one of your main (laughs) duties as a pastor of preaching and have everyone vote off of that. It's such a small, narrow field of what a pastor does. Critical, absolutely. But that's just one slice of what a pastor does, and yet that's how it works. (laughs) So that's the process. For me, and I, I, I explain this because I think it's so important. I have actually never gone searching for a job in ministry. Right. Well, and and it, you explained it very well, that process, and it makes it sound like it's kind of quick. It can be, but usually for a church to go from starting to look mm-hmm. for a pastor to when they have their candidate come in and preach is traditionally a year to two year yes, process. Yes, it's long. And, and you can, I think, Paul, before he came to La Jolla Press, maybe... It was a nine-month period of interviews. Yeah. How many jobs do you interview and wait for nine months? <laughs> right. And it's a long process. Long. <laughs> and pastor nominating <laughs> committees are are formed out of the congregation, out of volunteers. Mm-hmm. There's usually no other staff on the pastor mm-hmm. nominating committee. And so Presbyterians have a tradition of saying, let's meet next week. Let's finish up <laughs> yes. next month. And so – Strangely, as it seems like the process might go slow, there's nothing wrong with waiting on the Lord. That's right. Because all it will do is increase confirmation, Mm -hmm. and it will increase the opportunity to really have the Lord's will line Mm -hmm. up with the churches. Mm -hmm. Because that's ultimately what it is about, is finding someone who will come and serve faithfully in the church Mm -hmm. to grow Christ's kingdom. Right, right, yes. Now go back, sorry, I interrupted you to put that in there, but go back to... So I have I've never pursued a call in ministry, mm-hmm. and I don't. When I, we're using the word call, what I mean is I have never put my resume out mm-hmm. into the computer system that says "find me." Yes, it started strangely enough when I first started working at a movie theater in Del Mar. I was, and we could call this recruited, you could say, <laughs> but I was recruited to work at Wells Fargo, and I just thought, well, this is cool. Suddenly, Wells Fargo wants me to work here after seeing me as an assistant manager at a movie theater. Mm -hmm. 
But that was actually a looking back. That was a starting point for me to that God revealed how He would begin to move me into ministry positions. Hmm. And so I've always relied on that process. That it's not me that's going to move. I'm going to serve faithfully and do everything I can in the place that I am until God shows up. And the way God has always showed up is through other people that I know and trust, voices that I trust have spoken and came and given me uh, questions. Hey, should you take this position? Hey, you should look into this. This might be good for Mm -hmm. you. And so that started when I was actually here at La Jolla a long time ago. I interned as a summer staff with Jeff Holmes when he was the pastor back here. And when we moved out here from... Colorado, he was like, hey, I want you to come work here with me as the middle school director. And oddly enough, and this is going to really sound radical because it's not my gifting at all, but the only position that was currently open at that time was the administrative assistant for Jeff Holmes in the youth oh, ministry. <laughs> so I served there for about six months before I moved over to be the middle school director. Hmm. And they had a vacancy then planned, but not quite yet. So that's why I served in that role. But that happened when I was in ministry in Colorado. And then when we felt, Sarah and I felt the call to go up to Pasadena to get my Master's of Divinity degree and pursue becoming a pastor in the PCUSA, it was when I finished that I was like, well, okay, Lord, it's time for me to start looking again. How do I do this? And it was right around that time that Jake Medcalf and Pastor Paul here were looking at Jake was going to move from youth ministry into missions. Mm -hmm. And they said, we want someone to come in and run program for Sunhouse. And Jake Medcalf said, if you want someone who can run a great program, call Mike Sedgwick mm. and get him down here. And so I got that phone call suddenly saying, hey, Mike, this is Paul Cunningham here at La Jolla Presbyterian Church and wanted to see if you'd be interested in applying for our position of associate pastor. And so that continued that process for me. And then the same thing happened here with this next call. And I was having, uh, I have a a mentor that I meet with who works for the presbytery. And he texted me one day and said, hey, let's get together. I have a question for you. And I said, that seems weird. We've never gotten together based on him having a question for me. But when we got together, he said, hey, I think you should consider putting your name in the hat for this pastor position out at Westminster Press in Escondido. Mm -hmm. And I told him, why did you, why, why would you say that? I love being here at La Jolla. Yeah, yeah. That's a great fit. And he said, well, they're, of course, they need a pastor. They're looking for someone who loves to preach and teach. They're looking for someone who can give vision for the next generation in this church. Their previous pastor was there for 22 years. Wow. <clears throat> the only reason he actually retired was because he went on to go care for his granddaughter. Huh. And so otherwise he would probably still be there. Mm-hmm. And so we... Uh, He said they're also looking for someone who can start to mentor and guide their staff and someone who also could come in and help start to run a lot of programs. Mm -hmm. And those are four areas that I just love to do. Right. And you're good at. And so thank you. I I did a self-assessment a while ago, and those are like my four things Mm -hmm. that I am naturally drawn to, gain energy out of, and love doing. Mm -hmm. And so that was a good match. But I said, well, I'm going to pray about it. I talked with Sarah about it. And then he called me a week later and said, well, are you going to do it? Are you going to put your name in? And that was that outside voice prompting. And so I went and talked with Paul and said, Paul, 
I'm thinking about doing this, but I want to make sure that's okay mm-hmm. with you before mm-hmm. I do that. And he said, of course, mm. that sounds more like how God works. Mm-hmm. And that's a tradition that happens in Paul's life as well. Mm-hmm. So that started that process that I went through before. I put my, I submitted my resume or pastor information form. Then they sent a series of questions to me for me to answer, and I typed those up and sent those in. Then they wanted to have an interview, and then they wanted to come and hear me preach. And so I, that was April 7th, I think, mm-hmm. that I preached, and which now people refer to as the rope sermon because I had the long rope <laughs> about don't focus too much on this life because <clears throat> there's so much more that the Lord is willing to give us. So that's how that process went, and then they offered me the position, and I spent much time praying. I contacted a lot of my friends and pastors and said, you know, is this how you determine mm-hmm. God's voice? And these are voices that I trust. Yes, yes. And they said, gosh, Mike, this, we would totally agree with you that this seems like a call to ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we accepted it. And uh, it was actually this last Sunday, which was Mother's Day, yes. where I went and got to do the big preaching the Interesting sermon. Interesting Sunday for them to choose for that. Yeah, well, yeah. that was just their next open Sunday. Yeah. And so it worked out. But it was very sweet. They had one service. They have two services traditionally mm-hmm. and one contemporary service, one traditional mm-hmm. service with about 40 minutes in between the two where the people gather and someone apparently brings food every week. Wow. So there's a – they combined it into one service. Mm-hmm. It was 1045 and I've never felt so – kind of lost on a Sunday morning. Like, what am I supposed to do here <laughs> on a Sunday 10:45. morning? Yeah. So we drove out there and it was, there was just a lot of excitement and yeah. they had name tags for us to wear. And we just started shaking hands and meeting everybody. And, but it's a funny thing, you know, uh, there's a guy who I really love to listen to on podcasts. And one of the things that he says is when people come up to pastors and say, well, don't you really just work on Sunday morning? <laughs> And his response is, imagine doing the single most stressful thing at your job, having to do it in front of strangers, friends, and family on a weekly basis, and never being able to call in sick, and never being able to postpone because you're not ready. That's preaching preaching. on a Sunday morning. (laughs) That that keeps those people quiet from asking And they're like, oh, I I didn't realize that. Because a lot of people's most stressful and... uh, anxiety-driven moments in their job are presentations. But they get to do it to a small group or a bunch of strangers where we have to do it with Mm -hmm. our friends and our family. And it always has to be authentic. And that's what I like is that families know, yeah, this is is my dad or my Mm -hmm. husband or my wife who's preaching right now. And this is true. And this Mm -hmm. is out of their heart. And so that's a good accountability. But it still is a very stressful moment. And then when you're doing it, to be voted on immediately after <laughs> was like, wow. But it was it went really well. Everything was very well received. Of course and, it went well. And then they voted right after, and they were very excited that of all the members that were there that could vote, uh, it was a unanimous vote. Great. Which is, if we go back to the process. Right. It should be. That's the last part of a call, is you might feel a call, but again, you can't. no one can challenge that. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel called to be here. And when the congregation, when the pastor nominating committee, when all these people say, we feel the same way, Mm -hmm. that's the Lord moving. Mm -hmm. And so I've often said this before that when John Calvin was talking about the Presbyterian Church and committees, 
he says that if God is going to move, he's going to tell more than one person. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's going to be confirmation. So I've always relied on that, mm-hmm. that if God is going to move, it's going to be more than just my voice. It's going to be more than my thoughts. Others are going to confirm that. And so yes. that's where I have really looked with great appreciation of this mm-hmm. process because if that affirmation is there and that confirmation is there, you get to move forward mm-hmm. with that. So. Well, and when I heard, I I thought that makes sense, and it and it's time. Hmm. You know, it's the it, it seems like it seems like the right time for them as a family, for Mike and his and his career, and it just seemed to make sense. Yeah, um, it's hard hard for our church family and for our staff. Yeah, but rejoicing with you and what God's doing in your life, definitely. Yeah, and so the the visual, I think it's hard for people unless they've been through watching a pastor preach on that that Sunday where right. everyone's voting on you, you know. Um, but the visual is you, you know, you and Sarah and the boys. Were you sitting in the front row? <laughs> yeah, we were. We were all Give front us the row. Visual. <laughs> we were all front row, and it's a it's a beautiful sanctuary. Mm-hmm. They've recently built the sanctuary in the last ten years, and so it has this wonderful chancel up front. Mm-hmm. And Sarah and Calvin and Duncan were all sitting in the front row. No one else sat in that row, but <laughs> of course, you know, it was it was always. like okay. But there's you know it's this beautiful sanctuary, some stained glass around the sides. They've kind of created this uh, with their organ pipes on one side mm-hmm. of the sanctuary, and they have this beautiful stonework on the other side, and then there is a cross right in the middle. And so I don't know the history of it, but you can imagine some really great things mm-hmm. like here's where the heavenly music comes from and the earth. I mean mm-hmm. the cross in between. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I'll I'll find the history of that at some point but so we're sitting in the front row and i remember all of the moments of the service leading up to it and i never want it to be like this is all about me i always want to direct all of my preaching and teaching to go to the cross right but there was set you could the the tension you can feel it it was palpable you could feel the tension in this room (laughs) and so i kind of just got up and i was like how can i break this tension and you know so i was just like well, and then just paused and everybody's like, go, and wanted to kind of relieve their anxiety. Everyone giggled. Yeah, so everyone kind of giggled. Oh, and, and then I just made a, I made a little joke about me not having one of these sheets to vote yes or no. <laughs> and as a, as a side little joke, I was trying to relieve the tension even mm-hmm. with the family as we drove out there. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, they're going to vote. And if we walk in and, and they're clapping, that's good news. If we walk in and everyone's looking at their shoes, I'm like, what we're going to do is run, grab the brownies, and we all meet at the car and drive out of there as fast as possible. (laughs) Good plan. (laughs) But as it turned out, after preaching, you know, they got up and the pastor nominee committee spoke, all that. But when after the vote, they brought us in and nobody knew the vote results yet because they did it on paper ballots. Oh, no. And so then the clerk of session got up to the microphone and everyone's just waiting. What's going to happen? Oh, no. And, of course, everyone knows their own And you're in there waiting with them. And we're in there waiting. Interesting. And they said, oh, well, we had 153 votes taken and 153 yeses. And so then everyone just went nuts and it was really great. Yes. I got up and it's an amazing feeling to be so honored and humbled at the same time. Right. Is really what it it comes down to. It is so much that. Yeah. 
you know, people are standing and applauding and cheering. Yeah. And you're, it's like you're taking on this mantle. Yeah. You feel the weight of that yeah. almost being yeah. <laughs> placed on you. <laughs> you know, it's pretty powerful. But it's a, it's a beautiful thing to, and this is what I said to them right away. I said, gosh, I am so honored and I am so humbled. Mm-hmm. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 calls us the body right. of Christ. And I am only one portion of that body. And the body of Christ is supposed to work in concert. It's supposed to all flow. And even if you think of your physical body, you might get angry if you stub your toe on something, but it's your own fault. Mm -hmm. And so when the body is working well, everything seems to go well. When the body fights against itself, we call that illness, disease, or cancer. Mm -hmm. And yet the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 says, no, you are the body of Christ. And this is kind of the... Uh, the way that everything is held together is First Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. where we have all heard at weddings and we have heard all these places, but is love. Mm-hmm. And he says, let me show you the greatest way is love. And so I reminded this congregation about, hey, we are the body of Christ and each person here is uniquely gifted mm-hmm. by God and has unique abilities so that this church can glorify God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I let them know, I'm putting you all (laughs) on notice. Right right off the bat. You said, calm down, people. We're all in this together. (laughs) This is not the mic show. Right. This is us living out what it means to be the body Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ in his church. And so I reminded that right away and said, we're going to, we got to work together on Mm -hmm. this. And Mm -hmm. it was very well received. And right afterwards at the reception, people were coming up and saying, I, I absolutely, we have been waiting. Good to be involved more in this church and Good. we want to grow our faith and we want this. And so mm-hmm. that was really fun to be able to cast that vision, but mm-hmm. also in some ways remind everybody, this is our job together. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who gets up and does the practical teaching mm-hmm. and preaching on Sundays, but we all live it out mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So that yeah. was really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell us just a little bit more about the church where, for people that know Escondido, where is it? Yeah, so the thing, what do we know in Escondido? We know the 78 freeway dead Mm -hmm. ends in Escondido. We know the San Diego Zoo Safari Park is out in Escondido. Uh, Maybe if we're... A lot of palm trees. A lot of palm trees. Maybe (laughs) if we're artistic, we know where the Escondido Center for Arts Mm -hmm. is, which is a huge Mm -hmm. structure out there. And so it's, the church is kind of centered in between where the 78 hits the 15. It's east of the 15. Mm south of the Center for Arts, but west of the Safari Park. Okay. So it's right on the border between where the, you know, the downtown area is a little ways away, but it's kind of hidden back up in a lot of residential area. Oh, it is in a residential area. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of traffic. It's right on Juniper Street, mm. which is a pretty well-traveled road right there as a, as a north-south pathway. Mm. So... From my house in Claremont, it's about 30 minutes, mm-hmm. but it's uh, – so that's the church. They they have this really neat setup where the offices and children's wing is on one side, and they have the fellowship hall on the other side, and then on top of that would be their sanctuary. And so they have this wonderful grass area right in the middle. There's lots of opportunities for kids to play, right. and they have picnics there. They have food in between services all the time. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of just community that takes place in there. So that's a really 
that's kind of the physical setup. And then they have a chapel that used to be the old sanctuary, but they have let a Spanish-speaking ministry move into that space. Right. And it's called uh, Roca Fuerte, which is Strong Rock. And so they meet there on Sunday afternoons and come in and just have their whole ministry there. And we kind of allow them to use the fellowship hall and the chapel and then some classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so they meet in there. And I'm looking forward to learning more about that ministry and seeing how we can partner together. So that's really fun. That's where the church is situated. That's what the kind of the campus layout is like. And the interesting thing is that the the church, the feeling that we got was a wonderful feeling of welcome and hospitality and family. Good. Which was really which is really great. And I have built that up over here the years at La Jolla mm-hmm. as well. And I would describe La Jolla as the same way. But for all those years when I was over only in Sunhouse doing youth ministry, you didn't quite feel the congregation mm-hmm. in the same way. And so this was just a different role, but I got to feel that right away. Good. So there's about 260 plus members mm-hmm. who are there. They have the two services and on a Sunday they probably have anywhere between say 250 to 300 people show up on a Sunday. And so it's a uh, between their traditional and contemporary service. Great. And then there's a little bit of intentionality where some people like to stay after the first service and other people like to come early before the second service so they can have that community and fellowship time Mm -hmm. in between. So that's good. They have a children's director. They have a youth director. They have someone who oversees their spiritual direction. Um, They have their office staff, of course. Mm -hmm. And so far, the times that I've met with them, they're just all wonderful people that are really excited to move forward. Great. Yeah. Great. So uh sounds like they're going to embrace your family, but how how's Sarah? How how's Duck, Duncan and Calvin? How are they handling the news? Well, so what was really fun is there are again when we look for confirmation. And sometimes I refer mm-hmm. to those as green lights. Mm-hmm. Like how many green lights can we get? And of course, we all want 10 in every decision that the <laughs> Lord would give us. You know, we've tried the, let's lay out our fleece and see, you know, the old... Let's lay it out again and again. And again and again. Well, Lord, maybe you were not hearing me that time, so let me try again. Maybe it was the marine layer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we look up, we look for confirmation. Mm -hmm. And one of the areas of confirmation that I wanted to make sure was that Sarah Mm -hmm. felt that this was part of a calling as well. Mm -hmm. And... Our boys, it was a little bit harder, but I wanted to see, hey, what? how are they going to fit in? What are they going to feel? How yeah. are they going to respond? And the first time they really got involved in the process is the pastor nominating committee invited us all over to one person's house for dinner, and they all brought their families. And so there I think there was eight people on the pastor nominating committee, plus spouses, plus kids. There was about 30 people mm-hmm. there, plus our family. And we were driving to the house. Okay, what are you know, were you guys going to ask any questions? How are you feeling? And when we got there, the kids that were already there just came up and said, "You want to go play?" Fun. Classic. Of course, every kid is like, "Yes." Yes. And then we didn't really see our boys until the tacos were oh, served and they great. ran in, they grabbed tacos and then they were gone. Great. And then dessert was served and they came in and grabbed dessert <laughs> and were gone. And so we said, how was it, guys? And they mm-hmm. go, we had just had so much fun. Oh, that feels so good. Which was a great confirmation mm-hmm. for us, that our boys weren't intimidated. Mm-hmm. They weren't chased off. They weren't 
afraid. They weren't feeling out of place. Mm-hmm. They just blended right in, great. which was great. And then Sarah felt the same way. Good. And there's some things that are on Sarah's heart that she has been praying for and wanting mm-hmm. that this church already is kind of naturally doing. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like a Wednesday night program where all the church members come. Everyone's invited. And you kind of have some meal or a food you know, food together. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes off to individual programs. Mm-hmm. And she's been wanting that. Yes. And so, you know, she, the boys already attend Sunhouse and Exxon. I volunteer at Sunhouse and then Sarah goes to her small group Bible study. Mm-hmm. But this is just taking that to the next mm-hmm. kind of community or family level. Mm-hmm. And so she's really excited about that. And she's felt for a long time that this is really a church that she feels called to as well. Good. And then on Sunday when we were there, the boys just picked up right where they left off with these kids that they met wow. a month or so ago. And they just were playing soccer and tag and running on the grass. And then it ended up that we were the last people there (laughs) and one other family. I mean, every pastor is usually the last one there. But they were just having so much fun playing Mm -hmm. that we were like, well, we're not – we don't want to break this up Mm because this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship and friendship with families and kids. So that's that's confirmation for us as well. Yes. So in the beginning, moving was a big deal because we want to move out to Escondido. If we talk about family, we want to be part of that mm-hmm. family and that community. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be looking at moving out there. And at first, our boys were like, we don't want to move. This is our house. Mm-hmm. But over time, we've spent some time driving around and looking at mm-hmm. places out there. And there's new excitement for them about good. that, which good. is also really good. Good. What's the timeline? So the timeline is originally – they had an interim pastor, which is like a temporary pastor Mm -hmm. to fill the gap. And originally I thought I would finish vacation Bible school Mm -hmm. here, help with all that. But their interim pastor had to leave sooner than expected. Okay. So they suddenly asked, Mike, can you come sooner? Mm -hmm. My first answer was no. But then I was like, gosh, you know what? This is is something that we need to move forward on. Mm Mm-hmm. So the current timeline is June, June 2nd, we're going to have a reception here at La Jolla Press yes. after all the services where Sarah and the boys and I can just give hugs and right. high fives and shake hands and tell stories and remember together. Mm-hmm. And then on June 9th, Paul asked me to preach, which mm-hmm. I was very honored that he asked me <laughs> to do that, to be able to give a remembering, a time of remembrance Good. of my ministry here, but also a charge to this church Good. to continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. And I'll just give you a slight spoiler alert. But one of the things that's amazing to me, Shannon, is when I think about my history here, mm-hmm. I was baptized on the chancel hmm. here at La Jolla Jeez. by Gordy Hess. That was a long time ago. Long time. And then I was married here hmm. on the chancel. And then I had a memorial service here for my mom on that chancel. Wow. I was ordained as a pastor in the Presbyterian Church and installed here at La Jolla Presbyterian Church on that chancel. And I have baptized my sons, both of them, on that chancel. And this church has always been a church of building people up and sending them out. Mm -hmm. And you can see examples of that here locally in the city of all the mission partners we have. You can see that in Mexico, you can see that in Belize. You can see mm-hmm. that in Malawi. Mm-hmm. We support missionaries yeah. uh, doing child evangelism fellowship. There are so many places where this church builds and sends. Yes. 
And I really look now at this is another example yes. of the church has been building me up and now is going to send me mm-hmm. out. And if we are all part of God's family, then this is just rejoicing moments because it still continues to be God's family, yeah. but it gets to increase his kingdom even larger. Yes, definitely. So that's the timeline. So then June 9th, I would preach that sermon here, and that would be my last day mm-hmm. here. It's nice because we've also arranged baccalaureate for our graduating seniors yes. that day. So yes. it's the end of the school year. So we'll be able to celebrate June 9th night here yes. with our seniors and our students heading out. And then after that, I head over there and we'll be uh, setting up offices and figuring out how they make their bulletins and their timelines mm-hmm. and developing sermon series and all kinds of really wonderful mm-hmm. things out there. So it's going to move very quick. Yes. And people who are listening to this may, it might be June 10th and they turn right. this on and say, <laughs> wait, what? I, we were on vacation. Yes, now what's yes, happening? Yeah. So it's going to move quick. But the other good news is that, and and I wrote this in the letter that I think La Jolla Press is in a wonderful, amazing, healthy church. It is. And and you're going to a healthy church. And I'm going to Praise a healthy God. church. Praise God. Yes. But the staff here is incredible. Yeah. There's there's no conflicts with this staff. Yes. I love working here. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my that was actually one of the largest reasons for hesitating mm-hmm. not going was because of how great the staff is. Yeah. And the elders and the deacons, the leadership here at the church is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're so supportive. Um, and then the congregation is an amazing congregation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's at a place where they are ready to be sent out mm-hmm. in maybe their own lives, maybe to take that next step in faith. Maybe it's the first time for some going on yeah. a mission trip. Yeah. Maybe it's the first time to volunteer in a ministry. But there's, it seems like we, if we were like in an airplane, mm-hmm. we are taxiing down for a lot of people. It's like we're taxiing down the runway and it's time that people are going to start to, after being built up, they're going to start to take off and yes, do great things. Good, good. So again, and I say that because I want people to know without a doubt that it's, that it's all positive reasons for me moving to Escondido. Yes. Nothing negative here. I yes. would I would stay here indefinitely <laughs> if it wasn't for the Lord speaking to me. Right. And, you know, I have to say, I knew you would not leave, Mike. Ever until you got both of my kids in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize that Micah is one of those graduating seniors at baccalaureate on I your know. last day. And that's so, such a <laughs> thrilling And he is thing. my last child. Yeah. <laughs> Lord willing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Very funny. Oh, and the oh. next podcast is going to be new news from the Cunninghams. <laughs> We're starting over. We're starting over. I'm joking. No, it is. Yeah, <laughs> joking. No, it is a it is a great joy to have Micah have gone through all of this program. Here. Right. And so he's 18 and, you know, I guess it was probably he was five when he you was maybe, five and Morgan was eight. And yeah. you've been there almost the whole time. Yeah. Yes. And that's and that's a joy. And, of course, I'm saddened by those kids who are in middle school mm-hmm. or freshmen or yes. still in children's ministry that I don't get to see yes. brought up. But again, that's where this church and this staff are so wonderful Mm -hmm. that they're going to oversee that spiritual development for those kids as well. And that will continue. Yes. Um, And And you're not moving to another state, thank God. Right. You know, you're just up the road a little bit. Yeah. 
So uh, this won't be the last we see of you. Right. That's and and sure. that's a, and our, our San Diego, you know, we call the the next level of church government is the presbytery. Mm-hmm. And I'm so blessed to stay in the presbytery because right. our presbytery <laughs> is healthy. We get along. We encourage one another. Mm-hmm. There's no fighting. There's It's just a joy. Mm-hmm. And so this whole area is primed and ready for the Lord to do wonderful, great mm-hmm. things. In. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really excited about is we're just gaining more and more healthy churches. Yes. They're going to expand God's kingdom. Yes. La Jolla being one of them and me being involved in Escondido is going to be another one. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? Well... I, in closing, Shannon, I would just say that I want to encourage your listeners of your podcast to, and I'll, I'll talk about this in my sermon, but the life that God offers is so satisfying. It's not always going to be easy. Mm-hmm. We've shared about my kidney problems mm-hmm. and transplants and all that in the past. We all have those moments where there's going to be pain and suffering, Mm -hmm. but it's satisfying the life that we follow Mm -hmm. when we follow the Lord. And it's a given, it's a, we step forward and the Lord steps forward. Mm -hmm. He saves us eternally and we're ready to give him our salvation. We're ready to confess our sin. We give the Lord our pain and our suffering. We give the Lord our emotions, our loneliness, our heartaches and our heartbreaks we give them we give all that to the lord but oftentimes where we resist is with our time mm-hmm. or our stuff our finances mm-hmm. or maybe even parts of our lives mm-hmm. that we like and i think the lord is truly waiting for us to give him control of those things mm-hmm. and i would just encourage your listeners to take that step in one of those areas mm-hmm. to start to say, how could I follow the Lord more? Yes. And the promise that he gives us is he'll never leave us. And I have found it to be the most satisfying life that mm-hmm. I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage your listeners to do that. That's how I feel my life has been when the Lord called me into ministry. He called me here to La Jolla Press. And now he's calling me to Escondido. Mm-hmm. And was it scary in the beginning absolutely yes which was my other hesitation to be mm-hmm. honest and mm-hmm. i was i was humbled and i say that slightly embarrassed it's mm-hmm. like oh i was scared mm-hmm. to do it and i asked all those questions of doubt well what if i forget how to preach mm-hmm. what if i actually don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. and i've been hiding here in a as an associate pastor <laughs> at la jolla press but the one promise that the lord says over and over and over again is be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. And just to give a shout out to my old middle school, when I was in middle school, he was my youth pastor. He told me, if the God, if the vision doesn't scare you, then the vision is not from the Lord. Mm. And so this scared me. But I said, well, be not afraid. So that can't be a reasonable reason to not pursue it. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to take the next step in faith. But be not afraid. Yes. And so I would just encourage people to step out, take that step, knowing the Lord is with you, and find that satisfying life that the Lord offers. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you, you for Shannon. that good word. And thank you for being a wonderful friend to my husband and a wonderful colleague to him. I'm going to get misty, Mike. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) But you have been such a wonderful partner for him. And he's going to miss you so much. Yeah. Why am why, I'm not supposed to cry on the podcast, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> this is a joyful thing, yeah. but we will miss you. You've been a wonderful friend to me, and you've been such a gift and a wonderful friend to my children. Well, Shannon, it's been an honor, and I feel the exact same way. We love you so much, for Mike. you and Paul and Morgan and Micah, and they are a blessing, right. and I absolutely love you and your entire family. Yes, definitely. So thank you for everything. And I know everyone on this podcast right now is crying, <laughs> listening, <laughs> because everyone feels the same way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we absolutely do, too. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, for joining me on the LJPC Conversations podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. This podcast has been produced by me, Shannon Cunningham, and our wonderful Director of Communications, Jim Sedgwick.